Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. Today is Thursday, September 22nd in the year 2022. Welcome, everybody. I am your host, of course, Mike Abadir, and we have a great show for you today. Really excited to talk about today's topics because we got a lot of good stuff going. So I'm watching right now Albert Pujols' quest for 700. And isn't it kind of crazy that in the same year that Sosa and Maguire had their thing going, we've got Judge and Pujols with their own home run chases. It's kind of funny how it happens kind of like two at a time. Even when you go back to Roger Maris' 61 in 1961, him and Mantle were actually trading off home runs for the longest time. But Mantle had some, you know, he was kind of banged up a little bit. And so he wasn't able to keep up the pace. Who knows? They may have both reached 60. Uh, we, will, we will never know the answer to that. But it's just uh, a fascinating thing that sometimes these things happen in pairs. And so it looks pretty clear, God willing, that each of them will hit their milestones. I really hope so, at least. I think it's good for the game of baseball. And both of them are really likable players. Albert Pujols, he's been really an exemplary player for his entire career. You know, really good on and off the field. He's a winner. He's Him and Miggy are probably the two best right-handed hitters in my lifetime of watching baseball. Um, and... Uh, Aaron Judge, also good character guy, great team player. He didn't even want to take a curtain call when he hit number 60 because the team was losing. Now, how about that? How selfless is that? He was very reluctant to come out for the curtain call, but the fans wanted it, and uh, he obliged. But it was a very modest curtain call, very modest tip of the cap, came out waved to the fans and quickly back into the dugout because like I said, it probably was a little bit awkward for him because the Yankees were losing. Now they ended up coming back to win that game, which was really an awesome game. If you're a Yankee fan, uh, not so much if you're a fan of the lowly Pittsburgh pirates, but the uh, Yankees stormed back. I think they were down nine to four at one point. Um, and uh, the judge helped to come back into eighth with a home run. And then John Carlos Stanton, with a grand slam in the uh, ninth inning to uh, complete the epic comeback for the Yankees. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun to watch, especially when it's intertwined with a historical pursuit. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but like I said, I'm rooting for both Judge and Pujols to get to their milestones they're likable guys, and I think it will be good for the game of baseball to achieve these. Think of it this way. Going into the postseason with that kind of momentum, somebody getting to 62 home runs and 700 home runs 
And both of the players are going to be in the playoffs. St. Louis's position is almost all but set. The Yankees, same. So I think these are good things for baseball. I think any baseball fan is probably having a good time, even if you're a hater of the Yankees, like I am, even if you're a Red Sox fan, like I am. Uh, but we'll talk about more about that because we're about to engage in some NFL. But I'm also going to tell you guys why I think the Houston Astros are the team to beat this year and not the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail, emails, tweets, whatever for for saying that. Uh, you know, we're, we're based out of Los Angeles. We've got a lot of Dodger fans that listen to the show. I would say if there was one team that kind of uh, had the biggest following amongst uh, our listeners, it's probably Dodger fans. So I'll explain myself before you rip me to shreds. But we're going to talk about NFL right now. And uh, we have a first-time guest. You guys know I love having guests that have never been on the show before uh, because that's kind of how we develop our relationships. And... So I'm going to introduce him momentarily. Now, he's with Pro Football Network. And if you guys haven't checked that out, great source for information. It's a must if you're a football fan. And we actually have had one of his colleagues on the show many times, but it was when he was at The Athletic. And I'm talking about Arif Hassan. So Arif's been on with us a bunch of times. I don't know if you guys heard, but he made the career switch over to Pro Football Network. And so I think we had him on our show a week before he uh, made the switch. So uh, this is his colleague right now. We're talking to Aaron Wilson. He actually saves me a lot on my uh, data because I don't have to go to look certain things up on the internet because he sends me a really nice, concise daily report. Not going to get into the specifics of it. But uh, he, he saves, I have unlimited data, so it's not a big deal. But he's, he, he saves me from having to go on to the internet to look at certain transactions. Aaron, what is up, my friend? How are you? And by the way, I want to let the listeners know, you may know him from Pro Football Network. You may know him from the Houston Chronicle. He's been in the game a long time. Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you, bud? Hey, doing great, Mike. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the nice Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Uh we're, we're, we're glad to have you. Do you know Arif, by the way, or have you not had a chance to know him, or do you know him for many years? Or No, I've never met him before. Um, I was introduced the other day on social media, and then we had him in our staff meeting. We all work remotely, so we were on Zoom, mm-hmm. and so that was the first time I ever heard his voice and talked with him. He just did a quarterback tier ranking for us that I thought was very good. It's his debut article. I joined them in January. And like I said, I was previously at the Houston Chronicle and before that, the Baltimore Sun. And uh, still covered the Texans locally here in Houston for uh, NBC affiliate KPRC. And I do iHeartRadio in Houston. So yeah, I kind of like to keep my hand in with the local team and also, uh, you know, for my full-time gig, write about the league. And, uh, it's, you know, it's a big league, as, as you said. It's, it, you know, it's a challenge to understand a lot. Uh, so I try to focus on things that are attainable that I can get. So there are transactions, there are injury updates, there's contracts. And so a lot of that's sort of the business and the nuts and bolts and the news of the NFL and AI relationships, but it it is very hard because there's no replacement for being there. So like today, you know, I'm in the locker room and, you know, talking to players like a good rookie safety, Jalen Petrie, who I think is going to be 
very good. Um, and, you know, the Texans obviously they're they're rebuilding, but they've had a nice draft class. So, yeah, another one place only for being there. You know, talking to a Derek Stingley, players like that, and uh, they have a lot of potential. And you know, Nick Casario is trying to put something together here. But yeah, from all my years in Baltimore, you know, cover a lot of successful teams. These teams, well, they, when I first got here, they were, they were pretty good with the. Uh, like J.J. Watt, and then once they got Deshaun Watson, and then Deshaun asked to be traded, and Deshaun got in trouble, and then he was traded. And now they're in flux. But I'm happy to get into any and all topics around the league with you. Well, that's kind of interesting that you're um, kind of mentioning those teams, you know, with with J.J. Watt and Deshaun. It's fascinating to me that they were so close I mean, really close to getting to a Super Bowl, and and they were they were right there talent wise and everything. And I don't know. To me, it seems like that epic collapse, or you know, on the other side, fantastic comeback. Uh, it seems like it kind of did them in, but I've always wondered why. I mean, they were. I mean, if they played that same game ten times, it could have gone five and five, or or maybe you know four and six or something, but I mean, they were right there. And right. you know, you see all the stars, you know, basically, you know, we're, we're not, we're not keeping uh, Hopkins or, or what, or, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of names that maybe aren't nationally known, uh, but that they were quality players that help that defense and that offense get them to where they were. What, what do you think was kind of the impetus for them kind of dismantling a really good ball club? So the defeat did spell the end of the nucleus of the roster. And it was something brewing behind the scenes between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins. It got personal for Bill, where he just didn't want to coach him anymore. It didn't like he didn't practice, didn't like his attitude. And despite Hopkins being one of the best, and I think especially when it comes to games, being a real gamer, that bothered him a lot. And then he made a lopsided trade. You know, obviously David Johnson and the draft pick. You uh, David wasn't you know what he used to be. Never really was one of the top backs. He was a good pass catching back that one good year, and that was back in 2016. So you trade Hopkins, who's an All Pro receiver. You know, basically at the height of his game, maybe slightly falling off, but just a tad with health, et cetera. And then you get a second round pick for him. And that becomes Ross Blacklock, and you miss on that pick. And there's some question, you know, does Ross Blacklock really love football? And now he's since been traded by Nick Casario, you know, for not very much in return for a late draft pick to the Minnesota Vikings after he wasn't going to make this roster. He was almost cut. So a terrible trade. You give up a lot of resources for Laramie Tunsil. You can't get those first-round draft picks back. Laramie Tunsil, you pay him a huge contract that does impact their salary cap to this day. Yes, he's a quality left tackle, but, you know, they're paying him like he's a Hall of Famer. And, you know, only a few of the moves that Bill O'Brien, the general manager, made have worked, like Brandon Cooks. That, that was a good move. Brandon has been a quality performer and a high-character individual. He's a leader. He's a team captain, a real commendable guy. Uh, actually, he's my neighbor, so, uh, but I would say those th- nice things about him anyway because they're true. But, you know, you think about what happened here. It was the anatomy of a just a simmering divorce as players were shipped out of here. And Bill legitimately thought, well, we'll get a good guy in here, in his view, and we'll get a bad guy, a guy I don't like, out of here. 
it's just not the same thing. And it upset, it set the stage for the Watson displeasure. And I honestly think if Watson had not asked to be traded, if he was going to be, still be here, that maybe things get settled, things get worked out, and perhaps we never know of the lawsuits or the, the you know, the, essentially the behind-the-scenes negotiations that went on before he was hit with dozens of lawsuits. And, but, you know, he lost confidence in the organization. So that was the biggest thing. So then he, not only did he lose confidence, he almost didn't sign their, their contract with them, the extension. But he did. And then he didn't like his communication, lack thereof, with the owner, Cal McNair, they thought had been promised to him. So it's a series of, it's never one thing. It's many things. And what they're trying to do now, they actually have a good vibe. They're not, you know, by any means like a, a great football team. But they become more solid. It's more respectable. They're really good in the community. They've brought in some really good players that enjoy playing here. They've upgraded the facilities. There's some things happening behind the scenes that are good, but the product on the field is, you know, still not good enough. And they're very cognizant of that. It's going to take more years. And whether they're a contender next year or the year after that, then we'll see. Uh, but, you know, I think they had a nice draft class and, you know, some good things are happening. It's just, like anything, people aren't very patient. It's going to take time. No, you know, I actually like Davis Mills. I think he's a pretty decent quarterback. Yeah. He yeah had I, think, a... I would like to see how he does with a retooled offense. I think he kind could have some success game, in the NFL. Yeah. But he, overall, though, he has arm talent. He is a big, strong quarterback. He's a blue-chip recruit. He didn't play a lot at Stanford because of injuries. He's really, really healthy now. And he's someone that... Yeah, I don't think he quite has enough weapons, and no. they're still trying to find their identity as an offense. I think they're going to ultimately want to be a high-volume run team with Damian Pierce, but they've got to throw the ball better outside the numbers. The stats are pretty bad, especially skewed by the Denver game, and he's been poor in the fourth quarter. You know, they've been outscored 27 nothing in the fourth quarter when they were leading both weeks. They could very easily be 2-0. They were losing these games by or losing. They tied one, but they should have won that game. They were down. They were up twenty to three. But I think that goes back to your point about the run game, right? If they have a, you know, I know they want to focus on that. If they have a better running game, you can hang on to more leads. You can. They've got uh, one back. Yeah, Damian Pierce, and he had an encouraging game against Denver, but he needs even more carries because he's the best thing they have going right now. The offense and their red zone was really executionally poor last week, but you know, the Texans are the Texans. You know, I, I, there are probably some people out there that want to hear about more of the, more of the relevant teams, but yeah, the Texans, <laughs> uh, you know, they're going to play Chicago and they better be able to beat the bears. If they can't win this game, it's going to be a long, long year. I'm, I'm heading up to Chicago on Saturday and yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I like their chances to, to win this game. Yeah, uh, Chicago's not been impressive at all. Uh, that offense is so anemic. Um, you know, it's it's David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, and that's about it. Uh, you know, Mooney, and I mean, they've got some some guys, but I mean, overall, it's start the conversation starts and ends with their quarterback. And uh, I I personally am not a, a believer, uh, but uh, 
you know, like any young talent that comes into the league, you need to have a little bit of patience. And, and I root for them. I'd like to see him succeed, but I'm not a big Justin Fields guy. Not not impressed at all thus far. And I agree with you. I think it's a very winnable game. They should win this game. And I think it's one of those ball games that will really dictate how probably management, excuse me, uh, views the ball club. You know, are we, you know, how far off are we in our rebuild? Um, You know, are we above or below, you know, this maybe a certain line? And I think that line uh, is going to be more clearly established um, after this week. But the one thing I will say is it seems that Lovey's got them playing hard. And I think anytime you've got guys that are working hard, they've got a chance to be in any ball game on, on any given Sunday. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the entire season is treated as a big picture decision that's coming. Is Davis Mills their quarterback in 2023? Is he QB1? Or is he going to be a backup to someone else or a placeholder until they get a rookie ready? Are they going to be in the CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or the Levis kind of conversation? And that's possible. They're going to give him all the support they can, but. You know, he's got. If he plays the way he did against Denver, then it's kind of a a no brainer decision. But you know, they're going to let it all play out. Nick Casario is a very calculating kind of general manager, and he'll make a logical decision. And if this decision is not clear, he may wait and wait and see what happens. But you know, you know, Davis hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's you know been somewhat low percentage on third downs and fourth quarter, but you know, I think yeah, people have to keep it in perspective as a young quarterback. Yeah, and maybe as the season goes along, maybe they'll kind of open things up a little bit more uh, in terms of the playbook. Uh, Aaron, we got to take a quick commercial timeout. Can you uh, hang with us for another uh, segment sure. here? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah happy Fantastic. We're talking to Aaron Wilson of the Pro Football Network. He's in Houston and covers the Texans, but really covers the entire National Football League. And as he just said a moment ago, let's move off of the Texans, talk about the rest of the NFL, because boy, oh boy, it's been exciting the first two weeks of the season. So stay with us, everyone. We'll be back after a very quick commercial timeout. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're talking to Aaron Wilson, Pro Football Network, covers the NFL. And you could follow him on social media at... Aaron Wilson underscore NFL on Twitter. He's a good follow. Check him out. Check out profootballnetwork.com if you have not thus far. Great source for up to the second, not even up to the minute, up to the second information all around the National Football League. So, Aaron, we were just talking about talking about other topics, uh, but I wanted to ask you, are you a Houston Astros fan? I enjoy the Astros. I, I wouldn't say I am a hardcore baseball fan. I, I did grow up watching the Baltimore Orioles, and I went to two games this year, so I wouldn't say I'm like the, the big fan. I, I've met a couple of the guys, like Jose Altuve, and when he was here, Carlos Correa, and uh, a couple of events, and they came to Texas camp, and uh, really nice guys. So, yeah, I, I got to sit in the Diamond Club, that, or went to the Diamond Club, and I was sitting a couple of uh, seats uh, behind home plate, and Tony Pena had a home run in the game. I went to and won the game, and I think they're uh, really running very well. And Dusty Baker, real likable guy, really uh, fun to watch and listen to him. And he's probably uh, one of the more underrated really like- managers too. I think he's good. He knows the game. He was a great yeah. player. He knows a lot. He has high integrity. Uh, they. I have a pretty good owner who's uh, very, very rich, and Jim Crane, and he's be a good businessman. I've met him once. I went to an Astros World Series party one time they had. Uh, he seemed like a nice guy. I don't know him well, but I just met him the one time. But yeah, I have good thoughts about the Astros, and uh, I know that would be popular to say where you live. Obviously, they have quite a thing with the with the Dodgers. But uh, yeah, I, I've never covered. Uh, any of their games, I just kind of stick with football and uh, let other people write about them and comment on it. But uh, I'm sort of intentionally ignorant sometimes about the other sports because it's just so hard for me just to keep up with the NFL. So I just I don't even try to. I probably could name six or seven of the guys probably tops. Well, well, you don't see for me. Is and Altuve, but yeah. I, I do not try to be versatile about sports. <laughs> well, understandable. You know, for me, um, I'm going to borrow Bo Jackson's phrase, baseball is my girlfriend and football is my hobby. 
Um, I, I have a love for baseball in a very different way than football. It's kind of like my dessert. You know, one is business and the other one is, is pure joy. Um, I probably, if I was confessing about this on the air here, believe it or not, I probably actually like baseball a little bit more than, than football even, which I'm sure anybody listening out there would be like, that's crazy. But maybe it's just one of those things too, because um, Aaron, I've actually been in the National Football League in some capacity my entire adult life, uh, literally from uh, the age of 21, right when I graduated college. Um, I started off as an intern with the Oakland Raiders, and uh, I've been in the game ever since. Um, so anyways, nobody wants to hear about me. Uh, we want to hear what Aaron Wilson thinks about a whole host of topics. So let's get into it. These first couple of weeks have been really crazy, huh? Crazy finishes. I think so. Competitive yeah, games. I mean, we're trying to find something out. That's what everyone's trying to do. Is we're trying to get knowledge of what's happening with all of these teams. And, you know, you don't want to overreact because, you know, the Rams, they may wind up in the thick of this before it's all said and done. But obviously, they're not a so good start. Neither are the Las Vegas Raiders, but, you know, they could rally. I wouldn't overreact to the Giants' start. It's, oh, absolutely um, not. Yeah, I think um, people have to be very careful about how they look at the first two to four weeks of the season. But you know, eventually, you have to accept the teams. You know, are who they are, and then you know you can form some some judgments. Uh, but you know, I just look for you know, some things like they're obvious. You know, like Buffalo can't see the strength of those teams. You know, doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Uh, but, you know, Buffalo, and I have some friends that work up there, uh, like Brian Gain and John Butler, yep. uh, the yep. DBs coach. And those guys are really, really outstanding, and I'm uh, happy for them because they're a part of something special in Buffalo. And, you know, they've been in this position before. They had the most talent. They get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they lost it four times. And if they get there this time, I really hope for the city that they are able to win and, and finish this. Uh, for the long-suffering uh, Bills Mafia, they deserve it. They deserve a Super Bowl in that city. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it looks like they've got a, you know, anytime you've got a high-caliber quarterback in the National Football League, you could be competitive for a long time, even if your teams are uh, maybe not great. Um, and I, I think we're, 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 we're seeing a run of probably five to seven years in Buffalo, I think. Um, but can you imagine if, if they actually get a great running game going, that team is going to be virtually unstoppable. You know, Zach Moss, Singletary, yeah. You know, they drafted Cook. I, I don't think they've found a consistent answer yet. But, um, man, they're... These first two weeks, they've looked really good. They look like one of those teams like Kansas City from a couple of years ago where, you know, you're going to have to sit back as a defensive coordinator or even as offensive coordinator and figure out how are we going to score more points than them? Because it's, it's most likely going to be the case where there's very few games that the Bills probably score under, you know, 24 points. Right. And, uh, I mean, anytime have, you're hitting a Dak clip, you're going to win a lot of ball games, right? Especially when Gabe Davis is healthy. Uh, between mm -hmm. him and Diggs, they have more than a firepower. They have Dustin Knox, and they have Allen able to create. And 
you know, he's almost like a like a big point guard out there, and he can run the ball. He's a threat. So he makes up for the lack of an elite back, in my opinion. Sure. And they can get it done. But yeah, they're a team that, if they did have, but every team's got some deficiency because of the of salary cap yep. and because of drafting decisions that you make and and how things go. They have a good GM, though, Brandon Bean, and I don't think he really gets talked enough about, but uh, they do a nice job in the personnel department of finding guys, and I love what they do on defense. And some of the picks are starting to blossom a little bit that I thought were looking a little bad a few years ago, like A.J. Epineza, the guy from mm-hmm. Iowa. Uh, he's starting to become a player. Uh, I know Ed Oliver pretty well. He's from Houston. and He's from Houston, actually. Yeah. Talked to him this off season at one of his private workouts with there's a really good pass rushing coach that works for Michigan State. His name is Brandon Jordan, and he's got these incredible drills. So he lets me come to these workouts and I watch these guys work on their crafts. So I see like Rashawn Gary or Jerry Hughes or Ed Oliver, uh, John Grenard, who's uh, not a lot of people don't know um, nationally, but he had eight sacks last year mm-hmm. uh, for Houston. He's a, a good defensive end. Uh, kind of sack on Russell Wilson last week. But, yeah, they've got some good ball players. It's just a matter of uh, them put it together, like I said before. But, yeah, when uh, you watch these guys work on their craft, it's pretty cool. They even have uh, Nose Tackle Summit. Uh, Malik Collins, another player, was there. They, they uh, watch them work on their craft because defensive line is a lot more than – you know, just a, a fight there in the trenches. There's a lot of thought that goes into it, Absolutely. setting up the moves. But yeah, it was, it was sure. interesting to watch them up close and uh, at their craft. Let's stick with the AFC East and uh, shift over to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I'm not ready to crown Tua the heir apparent to Dan Marino. Um, a lot of people are uh, really, really excited after what they saw. Let's talk about Tua in a moment here. But first, was this more a case of everything just clicking for the Dolphins in the fourth quarter? Uh, Choke job by the Ravens, both offensively and defensively because they stopped scoring. Uh, Is it one of those things where because they don't have back to that running game discussion where it's going to be hard for them to keep leads uh, because they can't run the ball in the fourth quarter? Is it kind of a, a little bit of everything, uh, cumulative effect, and that's what resulted in the historic loss? What were your thoughts about that ball game? You know, I think it's a budget live. And I have a collapse like that with their rookie reporter, McDonald. You know, it's a scheme issue as much as it is anything else. And the talent, and obviously what's going on with Miami, they have superior personnel. But you've got to play better than that. You have to. There are a lot of ways to avoid uh, something like that happening. And you know you have to continue to play aggressively. You can't, you know, play that way. And it's, I think it's a lesson learned for their very talented and smart young defense coordinator, uh, came from Michigan, Mike McDonald. But yeah, that that's not acceptable, as he said today. You know, that's got to be better. And until it is better, you know, they're going to have some issues. Uh, and, you know, they they made a move. They signed JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, so they're hoping to, add, you know, with him, add another rusher. They're hoping that that will make a difference. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first step um, on the offensive side of the ball is they need to get Dobbins healthy. You know, the, the Ravens have really been plagued in the uh, running back position over the last few years. 
if you remember last year before, going into the season, they were already on like running back number four uh, because everybody got hurt in the offseason or the preseason. Um, and it's kind of carried into this year so far. I know they got Mike Davis from Atlanta, but he hasn't really done too much. Um, but right now, that running game, you know, it may be like you said about Josh Allen, that Lamar kind of makes up for it a little bit. But, um, you know, they also lost their top wide receiver in uh, Hollywood Brown, who is with the uh, Cardinals. Right. So, so that, that was that was on him. He didn't want to be there anymore because yep. they are running offense. And so he wanted out. And it wasn't so much just like, oh, I don't want to play with Lamar. He's very close to Lamar, Lamar but you know, he wanted out of there. So, but you know what's interesting is Lamar, I, he's impressed me with his throwing. I mean, coming into the league, I thought it was a big question mark. I wasn't sure. Uh, and it's always hard to tell, you know, when, when you, you know, offensive scheme that you play in in college and the conference that you play in and what kind of defenses that the conference uh, predominantly have and all those things. Uh, but I guess my point is I, uh, I've been really impressed with him as a thrower, not just a runner. I think he can, you know, he could be a, a pocket quarterback, make the, make the, uh, the throws better, and take a hit. Uh, and I think he, he still has some, you know, things that are a little unorthodox, but sure. he has his own style and it works for him. And there are very few players that can, run as far and as well as he does and you know he he does a lot of commendable things uh, you know that said you know he just they understand him and they know how to work within the constraints of what is his style it's okay to be different in life or in sports so what they're doing is different what Romans running there is different than other teams and you, know, you just have to embrace kind of what Lamar is, and maybe one day they'll even sign him to a contract. But that would be a whole show for us to discuss. Maybe yeah, yeah, absolutely. In the but yeah, but yeah, no doubt. No, I think um, you know a lot of what he's not getting enough credit, in my opinion, is Mike McDaniel, who's a really cool guy. <laughs> you know, uh, he's the player. As the players say, he's got swag. He wears the Yeezys. He's got the cool sunglasses, and he's got the, the you know a really ability to be himself and. Uh, run a good game plan. You know, Tua has some limitations, but they're accentuating what Tua does do well, which is very accurate. And he's got a great set of wide receivers in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So they're making it work down there, and I don't think they have a great offensive line by any stretch, but they're getting the ball out of his hands, they're making some plays, and it's working, it's clicking. So, so are you buying game. the Dolphins? Yes, I really feel like the Dolphins are a good football team, and I don't think they're going to necessarily unseat the Bills, but I can see them being a wild-card team. Yeah, and, and I think you and I both know once you get to the playoffs, it's all about matchups. And so, you know, you, you hope that maybe um, a team that match that you match up against a little bit better uh, is your opponent, and that the team that you don't match up very well against is knocked out by somebody else, and uh, so Absolutely. you just want to get you just want to get to that tournament. You know, if you get into that postseason tournament, anything can happen. Um, and of course, for them, historically, it's always been the case where they need to be in a warm weather climate, and so you know maybe there's an opportunity that they play at home. Maybe there's an opportunity they play. Uh, 
you know, again, you know, they get get a game against the Chargers or or something like that. We'll we'll see. But you know, a lot of the contenders are in cold weather. You know, Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting team. I agree with you. I I am I am buying them. Actually, uh, if, if any of our listeners listen to our prediction show, I actually had them as kind of like my surprise dark horse team. Although I will say this, Aaron, I had said I think that. Tua gets pulled during the season, uh, uh, but that the Dolphins' defense would carry the team. But, you know, I'm about 469 yards and six touchdowns off with that prediction so far. But uh, I, I, I do like their personnel. I think they're, they're a talented team. Um, sticking with the AFC East, really briefly, the Jets yep, come I, back against I, I, I got to leave after after this one after after, after this topic. Okay, yeah. well then then Very let's good. get to let's get to a juicy one then, uh, okay. which is uh, right now, Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC, Tampa and Philly in the NFC. Do any other teams touch them, or are they clear cut? Is feel like to me. You know, like they have separation. You know, certainly not yeah. in the North Division. Could you say anyone is, you know, challenging them? You know, sure. in the East Division, no. In the West Division, no, no. Uh, you know, there's running out of divisions. You know, who's even close? It doesn't feel like it. I mean, Miami's the closest thing to a you know, potential challenger, and we'll see you know, when they do play those teams how they match up. We'll we'll know a lot, but. No, not in that conference. And then the AFC South, certainly not. This is, you know, an embarrassing conference, really, yes. right now. But, yeah, you know, there's, there's uh, not a lot of respect. And deservedly so right now for the South Division, which totally the Jaguars with you are there. a surprise team. But the Jaguars aren't going to beat the better teams around the league. They just aren't. No, no, they're not. Out the door here, Aaron, do you have uh, maybe a point spread play? Have, have you looked at... The games from that perspective, yeah. Anything? I don't. To... Really, I don't bet the games. Uh, I, I used to play fantasy football, and I don't. I have like relevant fantasy information. Uh, I have a little bit. It's fifty-fifty on Rondale Moore if he's going to play. I got mm-hmm. a call about that a little while ago. So I think he's iffy. I, I think he didn't Michael practice Gallup today, right? Yeah, it, it's looking not great. Okay. And Michael Gallup is trending in the right direction for Dallas, which would help okay. them a lot to have him with C.D. Lamb uh, you know, to help Cooper rush out as he stands in for Dak Prescott. Good and uh, George Kittle, I'm expecting another game-time decision for George. And might be safer for him to take one more week, but I think he's determined to try to play. He's a gamer, that's for sure. Aaron, let the listeners know how they can follow you and, uh, and see your work. I am on the web web at www.profootballnetwork.com and I'm on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL and I'm also on Instagram at Aaron Wilson 7128. Awesome, Aaron. Man, this uh, these two segments blew by really, really fast, which means it's an enjoyable, fun conversation with you. I hope we could have you yes, on sir. again sometime soon and we'll uh, keep recapping and talking football, man, because... Uh, you're very, very knowledgeable and uh, and uh, just a joy to talk to. So thank you so much, Aaron. Really appreciate you joining us today. Absolutely. And uh, I'm about to send you an email. Uh, sounds good, my friend. 
You take right, care, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, bud. All right, sir. That is Aaron Wilson. Appreciate having him on Pro Football Network. Check him out, guys. He's delivers the goods, like I was saying. And as you heard there, he gives you up-to-the-minute information, too, about uh, you know the guys, if they're playing this weekend or not. And so uh, for any fantasy football players, definitely follow him on Twitter because you'll be able to get that information straight to your phone or your computer if uh, you're having to make last-second decisions. Um, like myself, actually, not necessarily on the injury front, but I've got some guys on my fantasy football team that are maybe going to be a part of this game, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Um, curious to hear what you guys think about that game. Um, two teams that uh, have shown signs um, in both directions, right? Um, you know, both came off of uh, opening day wins, and both are coming off, uh, uh, you, you know, the offense for, for Pittsburgh, I just want to say, is very anemic. And it'll be interesting for me to see the progress of Pickett, their first-round quarterback, and when does he get inserted into that lineup? Because they're not really moving the ball with Trubisky. And I'm surprised that they even thought for a split second that they could. Um but, you know, sometimes I think Tomlin is as great of an NFL head coach as he is. And, yes, I did say great. I think he could be a little bit stubborn at times. And I, I get that, you know, you, you want to be a playoff team now and you don't want to develop somebody now. Um, and that sometimes going with a veteran is your best bet. I think sometimes the arrogance of a head coach says, well, he didn't work in Chicago because he wasn't in our scheme. But now that he's here, he's going to flourish. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but I think it'll be an interesting ball game tonight. I'm not going to spend much time on it, as I always say on Thursdays, because I know many of you are listening to this show over the weekend. So we'll talk about some of the games and uh, my point spread lock of the week. Let's take a quick commercial timeout. We'll come back for the final segment on the Mike Abadir show. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment here on the Mike Abadir Show. A big thank you once again to Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network. Uh, like I've uh, said multiple times on this show already, he's a really good follow on Twitter. Really good if you're a fantasy football player or you follow uh, any team around the league because he covers it all. He's one of the first guys to get to the transactions. He's really, really on top of it. I think that's his forte. So give him a follow. Check him out. Check out Pro Football Network. Pretty good stuff on that site. So talking about week two, and the crazy games. How about the Jets and the Browns? Uh, of course, uh, if I'm a Jets fan, I don't even know how I would feel about this team. Because obviously Flacco isn't the guy, right? So what what do you root for to happen? I mean, do you want them to win? Do you want them to still keep getting draft picks? I mean, talk about a go-nowhere franchise. Maybe the worst franchise in all of sports, really, if you think about it. They don't hit on their draft picks. Uh, they don't win. <laughs> they don't do a good job getting free agents. They pursue guys on the downhill side of their career, right? Like Le'Veon Bell, as an example. Um, yeah, they're just just overall a poorly run organization, and uh, to me, it was a little bit surprising. Maybe it was the only opportunity that he was going to get. Uh, but it was a little bit surprising that any coach that's a prospect would, would take on the Jets job um, because the odds are really stacked up against you. But I like Robert Sala. I think he's a, he's a really good defensive mind. Um, will reserve judgment on whether or not he's a good NFL head coach. Um, but he's one of those guys. He'll be in the league for a long time. Even if it doesn't work out with the Jets, he'll have a job running a defense somewhere. Um, you know, he did a bang, bang up job for San Francisco. And I think the Jets have actually shown um, maybe some improvement on the defensive side of the ball. But I, I think the story here is more about Cleveland and their collapse in that ball game. Um, 13 points in less than two minutes to Joe Flacco is unacceptable. I mean, just straight up unacceptable. Cannot happen, should not happen. That's all I'm going to spend on that game uh, because I, I don't think that either of these teams are really going very far anyways. How about the 0-2 starts for the Raiders and the Bengals? What's a bigger surprise for you guys? 
I'm sure that there's probably more Raider fans than Bengals fans that listen to this show because overall the Raiders are just a more popular team. Um, I mean, talk about collapses. That was a monumental collapse. Kind of same thing with some of the, the uh, similar theme in a lot of these games that we've talked about where the offense just stops scoring and the opponent just chips away. The Cardinals didn't look like they had any hope. I mean, that first half that they played were, I mean, it was horrible offensive display, especially. Defensively, they weren't able to stop the Raiders at all. They were having their way with the Cardinals. The uh, Kyler Murray was flustered and frustrated. and They weren't able to get anything going on the ground, weren't able to, you know, get into any kind of rhythm in the passing game. In the second half, Kyler Murray took over. I mean, I was texting uh, during the game saying, you know, with my, with my cuz, Will, and I was like, Kyler Murray, maybe, you know, because he's not that big on Kyler Murray. And I was like, you know what? I was, I was, it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe you're right, man. Um, and then that second half, it was a complete opposite, you know, tail of two halves. And, uh, you know, credit to Kyler Murray. He carried that team. Um, and it wasn't like Carr made a lot of mistakes on the other side of the ball. Um, it was just one of those things where maybe they got too conservative offensively. Uh, they weren't able to sustain any kind of long drives. Couldn't get that ground game really going uh, with Jacobs and company. Be able to milk some of that time off the clock. Keep moving the chains. It's like one team didn't play for the first half and another team didn't play for the second half. I mean, it was that dramatically different. Uh, but if you're just an NFL fan, really fun game to watch. You know, a lot of these games that we've talked about, really fun games. Um, Cincinnati just looked straight up bad. I mean, I think the Raiders are in a better position to have more optimism than the Bengals. Cincinnati just looks really, really bad. And, you know, Burrow, uh, how, many, how, many time, how many hits is he going to be able to sustain? Guy's been sacked a bazillion times. Their offensive line is not protecting him at all. That was a weakness during the offseason. Supposedly it was addressed. Clearly it has not been addressed. I think because of the additional game, the 17-game season, I know I've seen a lot of stats like teams that start off 0-2, you know, only 11% of them make the playoffs. Um, but that was historically with, with one less game. Now that there's one more game, I think the numbers are different. So I wouldn't lose out on hope. I wouldn't abandon hope just yet if you're a fan of either of these teams. But I, I still believe in the Raiders. I still think that they're going to get it right and that they'll be back in the uh, winner's circle really soon here. Um, but I'll tell you this much. If they go to Tennessee and come out with a loss, um, you know, 0-3 is a really tough hill to climb out of. I mean, it's equivalent of being 0-30 in baseball which, I mean, obviously couldn't happen. But uh, that's basically where they would be, is about 0-30 and hoping to go into the playoffs. And uh, that's that's a tough mountain to climb, really. Because then you start looking at it, okay, they got 14 games left. You know, if they go 7-7, seven and seven, you know, that puts them at 
seven and ten, not going to make it. Right? If they go eight and six, you know they're still a nine-loss team. So now you're looking at you're going to have to go on a run where you're either nine and five, ten and four, or eleven and three to get into the playoffs. Because even if you're ten and four, that's still you know that puts you at ten and seven. You know, um, whereas nine and eight isn't going to cut it. So that's why this game is so critical for the Las Vegas Raiders. Parity. How about parity in the NFL? 17 teams are one and one. More than half the league is one and one. Unbelievable. Jalen Hurts. Now, check this out. His completion percentage, QBR, and quarterback rating have improved each of his first three seasons in the NFL. Good stuff there from Jalen Hurts. I wasn't a believer. I'm starting to. I think the Niners are a better team with Jimmy G. Uh, an injury is never a blessing in disguise, but injury aside, I think that the quarterback switch is a beneficial one for the 49ers. Now we're about to wrap up the show here. Um, there was a lot that I didn't have a chance to get to. I think we spent, uh, probably an additional half segment with Aaron Wilson, um, that we didn't anticipate. I was going to tell you why I thought that the Astros are the number one team in baseball. I'll save the discussion for next week because I don't want to rush it. Um, I do want to give out plays. Last week, we went 0-1. Um, took the Saints against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought the Buccaneers would be depleted, which they were. Uh, but when I made the prediction, Camara was, uh, what you know, I didn't know he was going to be out. And uh, once I found that out Saturday night, I was like, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this pick anymore. Anyways, uh, Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings minus six over the Detroit Lions. That is my play of the week. And I'm also going to take one more. I'm going to take the Colts getting five and a half at home against Kansas City. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed Aaron Wilson. That is all the time we have for this week's show. Uh, let's hope we go 2-0, and uh, which will put us at 3-1 and to start the season. That will be a good start. Thank you for listening, everyone. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.